talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host, Lindsay. And as always, because it's every week, per the passenger, thank you. Today's guest is Josh Jarvis, aka Versus Bang. He's a rapper, hip hop artist, and creative from South End on Sea in Essex, who has recently made the leap across the pond to Los Angeles. Josh has a really fascinating story, which you are gonna, uh, you're about to hear. He started writing his own material when he was in secondary school, recorded his first album when he was 17, and you can listen to him on Spotify. You can download and buy his music on iTunes, Bandcamp. He's on Facebook. I'm gonna put all this stuff in the episode description. You can watch all his really fun, cool videos on YouTube. You can follow him on Instagram at Bangcam and Twitter at Versus Bang. This is a really fun, fun episode. Josh does a little 20-minute motivational speech. So if you want to hear that, listen in. All right, enjoy, everybody. Josh Jarvis, a.k.a. Hey. Versus Bang. Very Hello. excited. It's very excited to have you on. I'm very excited to have you on. Very excited to be on. Um, you know, it's quite funny because I've had quite a few people from South End on the show. And I've still Have got a couple really? more. Yeah, I've got a couple more people from South End. I did see a couple. It's a yeah. small world, isn't it? It is a small world. One person I didn't even know was from South End until I read really? her stuff before before interviewing her. I was like, wait, she says she's from Essex. And then I went deeper into the rabbit hole, found out she uh, grew up in South End. Quite close to us, actually. So Whenever I've been deep in a rabbit hole, I usually ended up in South End as well. There you go. Because South End is the rabbit hole of all rabbit holes. Exactly. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of creatives actually come from South End, which I think is amazing. So yeah, definitely. There's a um, there's a fair few people considering how small it is, isn't there? Yeah, right, really. Got, uh, you got Peter Pan. <laughs> Get it, Peter Pan. <laughs> well, when I when I was because uh, I'm a bit older than you, just by a couple of years, it did used to be called Peter Pan's, and then they turned it into Adventure Island, which I'm like, why? I remember Peter Pan's. That's why I said it as well. That's what it is to me. Adventure yeah. Island. It, it's not Adventure Island to me. Yeah. And whatever that front ride is called now, I don't know what it's called now, but to me, that will always be the Barracuda. And I remember I used to think yes. that the Barracuda was wild. I used to think that to go on that, you've got to be a right lunatic. I remember that. Do you know what? I don't think I actually ever went on it. I think I was too scared. I never went on it until... Maybe two years ago, there's a new updated version where it's basically the same, but I think it goes even higher or it spins or something. I don't know. Oh my God, but my no sister goodness. wanted me to go on it, so... I totally I find, forgot about that. Yeah. I finally found the testicular fortitude to go on <laughs> it when I was about 34. <laughs> um, the Mad Hatter's House is my favourite thing in Peter Pan's. I literally will go on that like 10 times in a row. It's been a while. I forgot about that as well. It's what, is that the one with all the mirrors and like the dodgy walls and the floors yep. and that? Yep. Yeah, I think that's still there exactly the same. I'm oh, trying. it's exactly the same. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's literally one of my favourite things. Like, obsessed with it. And then, do you know what? Um, Neverland across the street. I, I, I mean, it's still up, but I'm like, why are you not doing anything with that? Because it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they don't reopen that. Because it's still no, there. I don't know. It's so also, original as well. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, 
but they used to have like the castles. I think the castles are still there as well that you can go into. But they had a He-Man and She-Ra video. Oh, I that remember used to... that. Do you remember that? Not I a lot do of people do. That. Yeah, and uh, not only do I remember that, my brother will remember it even more than me. He will definitely have a. He's uh, he's. His brain hasn't been put through what my brain's been put through in the past, so he's got a better memory than me. Yeah, I, d- I, I know. loved it. Um, yeah, I do, I do remember it, though. Hey, man. What a man he man was. Yeah. But one more thing about Peter Pan's, and then we'll crack on. But I remember I went there for, I think, my summer for eighth birthday, and I went on that big Ferris wheel, which that Ferris wheel is still there, got to the top, actually started fucking shitting myself. Not literally shitting myself, but started booking it and was screaming and crying. And they had to like quickly spin it around to get me off. Yeah, uh, you, you ruined everyone's fun. I did, and I'm sorry. When you just did about a seven or eight year old party, I just went into a uh, a quick tangent in my brain, and I started uh, remembering. Do you remember when kids used to have their parties at McDonald's, and at the end of the party, mm-hmm. whoever's birthday was was allowed to choose one person to go into the kitchen with them. Oh no, I don't remember that. I remember. I mean, Birthdays at McDonald's. I never, yeah, at the, the end they got to choose one of their friends and they was allowed to go into the kitchen and they showed you how they made their stuff. Oh, I mean, okay. A, that's borderline child abuse, having to go <laughs> into a McDonald's kitchen. <laughs> and B, I never got chosen. I never got chosen. It's so very I'm good yet, thing. It's very good Well, I'm yet to go in the McDonald's kitchen. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, you probably don't want to, you probably don't want to do that. I reckon um, the McDonald's kitchens are better in England than they are in America, though. You know what, though? I actually, I'm going to say yes to that, because I have, I think I've eaten at McDonald's here maybe three times, and they've always been disgusting. And then my sister forced me to have a McDonald's back in England, like, five years ago. And I was like, oh, this is really, this is really quite good. <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah. Me? Yeah, no, I've only had it a couple of times over here, but that's only because it's about 47 burger establishments that I would rather have. Yeah. But the one time I went, I went into the McDonald's, oh, I went into the McDonald's on Sunset, and I'm pretty sure they haven't cleaned the floors in there in about six and a half years. Why would you do that when in and out right there? Exactly. It's not a choice, is it? Yeah. No competition. Um, one more thing before South End. I know I've said this before, but I get really excited about when I talk about South End. Skiddy Brooches, did you ever go? Absolutely. Fucking love that Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Devastated, yeah. right? Close. Devastated. My friend, no, no, that whole place is shut down now, and it? it's just the Wilkinsons now, and then it's uh, a car park. But they oh basically knocked it all down. My friend's parents used to own the Cork and Cheese pub that was opposite it. Do you remember oh. the Cork and Cheese? I do, right next to Wilkinson. No, yeah. Well, also by Skiddy, it's also opposite Skiddy Brooches. Yeah. Which was, yeah, that was like... Yeah, and I used to own that pub. There's, a, there's actually, a, there's a photo of me and Catherine in that pub when we were... Do you remember that photo that I posted online like, like last year? I think like I do know when we were younger. Yeah. yeah, that was in there. Oh, my goodness. You look too young to be in there. Or to yeah. Be in there. I think we was. I think we was 18. Oh, OK. Who bloody oh, knows, you, like, eh? you were like 13. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, so, obviously, you're from Southend... Whereabouts in Southend are you from again? Well, I was actually born in Basildon, but I think I still count to Southend. Not not that Basildon is Southend, but that's where I lived. I was... I, I'm trying to think of where I was actually... where my first house would have been when I was born. I'm not even sure. Did you go to Prittlewell? Yeah, I went to Prittlewell School, and before that I went to Earls Hall. Earls Hall? Oh, my God, I forgot about that place. So when was it that you started, like, getting into music and all your rapping? Um... 
I think by the, t- by the time I'd left senior school, so by the time I'd left senior school when I was 16, 15, 16, I'd already started writing. I can't remember. I don't remember any of it, what it was like. It was obviously everything I wrote, I'm pretty sure, was pretty shit. But I, I started writing. Am I allowed to swear? You can do what you want, darling. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, I was... Um, I remember that I was I started writing when I was still in school and it was probably a cross between hip hop and rap and at the time UK Garage had slightly turned into a began to sort of slowly turn into grime. It wasn't called grime then, but UK Garage had gone from more instrumental heavy stuff to more vocal stuff and I was listening to pirate radio and there was um the in-between of UK Garage and Grand, there was people like Pay As You Go and Heartless Crew and Nasty Crew and people that have like famous obviously now that made it into the uh, the commercial world like Dizzy Rascal and Wiley and Roll Deep or whatever. And that's what I was writing um, then. I started writing probably when I was 15. I don't remember when I actually first recorded the song, but it wouldn't have been that long after then, 16, 17. Well, okay. definitely 17, because I think I brought out my first CD when I was 17. Oh, shit, okay. That's pretty impressive. 20 All years through. later, and I still ain't bloody achieved much. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, but you're joking. Still, you're doing it. And, like, this is... I find this really, like, nuts, is I feel like you churn out songs and videos all the fucking time. Like, I think yeah, last I've... year, I feel like every two weeks you had a new video out, and I'm like, what? And they're really good videos and they're really good songs. And I was like, how the fuck is this guy doing this? Oh, thanks. No, yeah, I definitely, um, I made a conscious decision last year that everything that was obviously happening with everybody locked in their houses, no one could do anything, go out or anything. I thought, we've all got mobile phones or cell phones. We've all got a cell phone. <laughs> and um, we've all, we're all on them all the time. I should try and do something constructive with it. So I literally got uh, the, the videos that came out last year. Basically, all of them were filmed on a phone, like with oh, wow. me getting Catherine to film them for me and asking her to hold the phone like this. And surprisingly, because she can't take a photograph to save her life, but surprisingly, <laughs> the videos she uh, managed to pick up pretty well in terms of the angles and moving and keeping a steady hand. So yeah, that, that, those. Um, a lot of those videos that came out last year were um, done on the phone. And then again this year as well, like, I, I brought out a couple of new ones this, uh, earlier this year. Well, that's one of the main things I'm proud of, really, is that um, last year during COVID, in a new country, no friends in, no connections, like, no friends or connections within music. Like, it's not like I had any anywhere that I could, like have a middleman to like help me out or support me in the right direction i managed to source out being able to record and i wrote the whole thing like the whole release during covid seven songs recorded the seven songs filmed three videos for them and that was all during last year and then i obviously i put the uh the ep the new normal out in january now that i'm working full-time it's uh obviously it's harder as well to uh, balance it all and get time to write and record and find even the the mental capacity to think up concepts and stuff like that. But, but that stuff same, will come back again. Yeah, it will do it. It goes in, like, 
it goes in roundabouts. There's a, I sometimes feel really creative and I could write a whole song in the space of a day or two, or even a, even that EP. I probably wrote that whole seven song EP in the space of three months. You just never know. know though. Yeah, yeah. No, I wrote them seven songs, I reckon, in the space of three or four months. And then I went and recorded them in like, I think three record to two of two recording sessions actually I recorded oh, all of it. But yeah, it's probably the same with anything creative, I guess. Once you, once you feel the feel something inside to change, you can kind of uh, get on it and do it. The juices flow. No, I think you're totally right. I feel like once it is there, there's like no stopping you. You're like yeah. up to the races. I know that I need to uh, beat myself up for not doing anything that because that EP only came out in January. Yeah, you I can think... just you can chill out, Josh. Yeah, I know. You can make me thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm worrying now. That the work rate's gone down. <laughs> but you, it, it, it does happen when you obviously go work, and that it comes in spurts. But um, yeah, yeah. My, my my intention is to definitely release a full length another EP by by the end of the year maybe even i was gonna say maybe summer but we're literally in the middle of bloody summer aren't i we? think we're right in the middle of summer darling <laughs> yeah I'll go, I'll go for the christmas number one yes <laughs> baby if you got to go away i reckon oh, i can get i reckon i can get brian harvey on the song now for like what do you reckon 80 quid <laughs> probably actually i just read an article about him about two weeks ago I used to really, I John was my favourite from E17. Brian was a close second, but Brian, he's got off the rails a little bit, hasn't he? The last I see of Brian Harvey, I, I mean, I, I do, I, I still, they still hold a place in my heart, E17, I'm not going to lie. So I'm not being horrible about him, I'm just being honest. The last I heard of Brian Harvey, he was having an online spat with Daniela Westbrook. Yeah, no, that's, I'm what, like, I'm, yeah, that's what, exactly what I'm talking about. And if it, that isn't a fall from grace, then I don't know what is. Yeah. But it's, I had literally had no idea he was going through all of that stuff. And it was really quite sad. Mm. I don't think. I mean, I didn't know either, but I'll tell you something right now. It's the least surprising thing I've heard. It's the least surprising thing I've heard since... I can't think of a comparison. I certainly can't think of a comparison that wouldn't be offensive, so I won't say any comparisons. <laughs> but I was not surprised to hear that Brian Harvey was... The last time I saw him, he was obviously off his head, and all he was saying was, "I'm sober, I'm sober." And yeah. I mean, when you when you're dribbling, you probably when you've got dribble coming out your mouth, probably not sober days. Fuck, poor guy. <sighs> so, just because obviously you're in Los Angeles right now, but when you're in South End, like when you're in South End, where did you get all your inspiration from? Because you did that Oink. whole, you did Dress to Kill myself. That was based in Southend, wasn't it? Because you've got all those videos. Um, yeah, got... Just to Kill Myself was... Let me just, by the way, toot my own home for a minute, because I do think Dress to Kill, dot, 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 myself, probably the greatest title of a release ever, ever created, in my opinion. What was I even saying then? Uh, I, 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 uh, yeah, that was when I first started coming over here. I wrote and recorded all of that in Southend, but that was when I first started coming over, like, I think four years, three years ago, maybe. Three and a half, four years ago. But um, that was in the during the process of coming back and forth here. Versace Rings and Chest Pains was my album that came oh, out yeah. just before I came. Like, that was just before I first come over here, 2017. And then Just To Kill Myself came out in 2018. And then... Cardigans and Calories came out in 2019. Yes. 
And then the new normal was meant to come out in 2020 because I wanted to have a release while a year every year. But due to uh, some technical difficulties with the, uh, the engineering and the, uh, the mixing and getting a few files back from a few different people, that ended up coming out January of this year instead. But my, it, my inspiration really, up until the last release, I'd say my inspiration and my motivation and that was basically everything inside my own head. And that might sound silly, but I don't really draw inspiration from other people. It might sound a bit arrogant. It's not meant to be arrogant. It's just I'm just being honest. I don't really draw inspiration. It's more whatever's going on in my head and how I'm feeling. And if I feel like if you listen to the lyrics in the in the, the music, it kind of sort of kind of tells the story of itself. It, so it was always if I was feeling if I was feeling extremely happy or extremely sad, regardless of which way it was, I kind of address it. With our, with, with, when I write, I do it all with a uh, with a pinch of salt. I mean, there's definitely a, uh, an element of humour to it. Even even the most depressing songs I have, because I've got some songs where I'm definitely talking about my demons a bit. But I always try and have a bit of a light-hearted touch to it, even though obviously certain um, certain subjects don't aren't light-hearted. I yeah. still try and put a little bit of humour in it uh, where I can. But yeah, when even when I was in Southend. Um, my inspiration would pretty be my own brain, my overactive brain. So however I was feeling or whatever was going on in my life, I feel like you can kind of hear. And that, that goes that goes from then all the way up until now as well. Like even the most recent thing, the new the new normal, like I said, come out in January. And when you listen to that, you can hear that in the in the lyrics and that obviously I'm married now. I'm living in LA now, my reality's changed a little, my everyday life's changed a little. A little um, fucking not, mate. Exactly, guys. It's completely fucking different. It's completely different. Um, that's one thing I take pride in as well. Like hip hop music as a whole, it's all so heavily image based and it's so character based that rap music isn't far from wrestling. People have these characters that they create and this demeanor and this personality and this aura that they have to stick to. Mm -hmm. uh, and you listen to the subject matter in their music, you look at their music videos, you look at their Instagram pages, and they have to all stick to a certain, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but they all have to be a certain way, behave a certain way. It's a character. It's literally yeah. a character. And that is what I take pride in, is that I've never had a character. I feel like if you listen to my music, if you watch my music video, if you met me whilst I was at work, it's the same, I'm the same person, you know, like, there's no, there's no image that I'm trying to portray. I am just myself. You can listen to the music and the, see the videos and meet me in person, and I am, I am that person. You know, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm not rapping yeah. about slinging crack or I'm not. Yeah, you're being very transparent. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like there's not many rappers that can say that. There's not many rappers that can really say that either. There's a lot of rappers that would say that, but I don't think it's true. You know, like, there's rappers that are rapping about... I'm trying to think of a good example. There's rappers that are talking about how many hoes they've got oh, and yeah. this and that. Okay. I, know it's a, I know you probably don't like me uh, mentioning that, but it's a, such a good example because it's how many rappers talk about, like, your girl did this, your woman done that, like, and they're rapping about their hoes and their hookers. And the fact of the matter is... They're at home on their own on Tinder, having to have a Tommy Tank. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, no, so I know I what you're talking about. <laughs> I took it a step too far. You can edit that out if you want. No, it's you're fine. <laughs> I just think it's a very good example, though, you know? Or, like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the examples. That one was more than enough, wasn't it? <laughs> well, so, like, you're talking about your songs and, like, mental health and, like, stuff that's going on in your head and, like, some of it's super, super dark. Like, what you were saying, just with some humour, like, taking everything with a pinch of salt. You have, because I've listened to your albums, I think I've listened to all of them, you're talking about all of that stuff. But then on the flip side of that... I remember the very first video that I watched of yours years and years ago was Custard Creams. And it's really fun. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> so you do have a wide, rounded, circular, whatever of stuff. Yeah, I like, yeah, I don't try to... Um, like this, I you're like, like totally... It kind of reminded me of... Um, do you remember Goldie Looking Chain? I do remember them, yeah. What rappers don't kill people, guns do, or is it guns don't kill people, rappers do? It's one of the way, right? One, one or the other. I just remember that robot song. I don't remember that. All I remember is I'm gonna that was guns don't kill people, rappers do. Maybe oh fuck. Well, that's how I know them because that song went to number one. I'm gonna have to look it up. Hang on, because I just remember that stupid fucking robot song. Stupid fucking robot song. I'm glad that I remind you of that. No. <laughs> it's like when you listen to it, you're just like, it's so dumb, but it's so funny. Do you know what I'm I mean? I'm not even sure. Half yeah, man, half yeah. machine. That's it. Oh, I'll have to have a listen. I'll, I'll, I'll listen it's ridiculous. To it. Like, you're going to piss yourself laughing. It's really just like. After I've listened to it, I'm going to send you a message saying, How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. How dare but no, you? Cost the Creams, it's obviously. Um, yeah, there's a wide array of subject matters in the songs. Obviously, custard creams is a uh, an English biscuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't know that, but yeah, that's um, like I said, there is always there is always an element. Of, not every song. I've got some very depressing songs and some very emotional songs, but for the most part, it's um, it's very light-hearted. It's a it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, but yeah, for anyone who might be interested, if you want to see someone attempt to. Uh, a sniffer line of crumbled custard cream biscuit, <laughs> then that's the video for you. <laughs> oh my god, I do remember watching it for the first time and I was just wetting myself. It's so funny. Just I made that, that I made that in my in my uh my friend's uh shed. My friend Ollie Uzi produces all of my stuff, makes all of my beats and that's where I recalled uh, recalled the vast majority of my stuff. But we did that whole video on my other friend Lewis's uh, camcorder. We literally brought, took his video camera and went, we literally shot that video in the, stu- in the studio, recording in the studio. And then we went round to the news agents around the corner to pick up a few packets of uh, packets of custard creams. And then we just started <laughs> filming in the shop. And the owner of the shop started having a go at us for not asking for permission to film, which let's be honest, he was well within his rights. Oh, to yeah. have a go at us. That's still, it's, it makes fun instead, yeah, we just filmed him having we just filmed him having a go at us and used that for the video instead. Did you send it to him? No, that motherfucker has no idea that it's out. Oh, shit. It'll uh, sue me for the twelve dollars that I got in my bank if you knew that. <laughs> well it's really fun because like the videos I've seen so many of your videos where like they're set in South End and I get all like nostal- like nostalgic. And then I see all the ones that are in LA and I'm just like, oh, it's just like such a nice contrast because I feel like they look, like there's one of you on South End, um, on one of the South End beaches. 
And I'm like, that oh, actually yeah. could be yellow. And the one that's, uh, what, Lemon Fanta, that one? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few at the bit, uh, down at the seaside. But, no, it is, uh, it is interesting to look at the contrast. Um, it's crazy, because if you go to South End and you do what you can go to do in LA, if you have the mm-hmm. same thing, a phone, I feel like if I shot a video in South End on a phone, it would look exactly like I shot a video on the phone. Whereas over here, everything's so photogenic and everything's like, You've got palm trees and high-rise buildings and yeah, the, the silly as it sounds, even like the hiking trails and the, the sunshine, it just makes for, you can you can make something look pretty professional. Yeah. I feel like with a phone nowadays, everybody's like, if you really want to create something, can you really want something, can you give yourself a time frame and you want to put it out there? I kind of feel like nowadays... You can do it. Yeah, no one's really got any excuses, to be honest. If you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. Like I, like I say, I moved over here. I didn't have anybody with any connections in terms of, like, recording equipment or even facilities to go and record or make videos or any of that stuff. And not to say that I'm a, a, a shining success story, because obviously I'm not. I'm still just I'm just trying. Yeah. But there's not, there's not really an excuse with it. Nowadays with phones, I feel like there's ways, even with like auditions for actors and actresses and stuff. Like if it comes to it, if COVID's playing, obviously, if COVID's wreaking that much havoc on being able to get places or people don't feel safe, then you can still use your phone. You know, it doesn't have to mean doesn't have to mean the mean the end of being able to at least try. I feel like if that makes any sense, you can still try and still give it a go yourself. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a sound guy, Brian Wallace, who was on the show, who's done all my sound for years and years and years, and he has his own studio and he makes music. So oh, just interesting you know, to know for the future. Throwing yeah. that out there, and he's a really good yeah. guy, obviously, because I've been friends with him for about seven years. Yeah, you uh, you only like horrible people, though, don't you? So that that makes yeah. much sense. I only like the complete dickheads. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's uh, that's uh, handy to know. It's always uh, good to know. I could feel an, uh, I could feel a um, a creative spurt coming on soon. Anyway, so oh, yes. I will definitely be releasing new music. What are we we're in June. I, I will um, I'll definitely release new music before Christmas, a hundred percent. Well, that's exciting. So, what would you say to somebody who's like who looks up to you? And they're from like somewhere like South End or wherever, where it's just like, you know, whatever. Like sometimes you don't feel like. I remember there was a point in South End where I always dreamed big, but sometimes I was just like, will I be able to ever leave? Like I love mm-hmm. South End, but then I also just like felt very stuck there sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think that being over here now for like the last, obviously, I've been back and forth for four years now, or just over four years. But the last 18 months, obviously, I haven't left. And I kind of feel like looking back and thinking to, like, my previous life, like, being sat in my flat, uh, wherever I might have been, like, I do feel, I, I think, I feel like it's even smaller than you realise when you're there. Yeah. Obviously, I know that South End's small and people, a lot of people know each other. But because I'm in that, I didn't realise exactly how many people knew each other or exactly how small it was. Yeah. And this isn't me looking down on it, because obviously South End's my hometown, that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And even though, even though the people from South End never really 
I never really felt like I had the, well, let's be honest, I never really had the, uh, the support musically or the backing from people in Southend because I feel like for the most part, it's quite a bitter place. And unless you're, unless someone can benefit from you, they don't really want to acknowledge you. Um, yeah. So I don't mean from the people, but from as a, play, as a place, obviously I hold the place very dearly to me. And obviously my friends and my family and whatever, needless to say, I hold dearly to me. But as a place, I kind of feel like it's even smaller than you realise when you're there. Because like here, you'll never go out and it's very rare that you'll ever see or bump into someone you know and you can't really... This is like a, a country in itself almost where I live now. And that sounds silly, but LA is doing there's so many different elements and different places and different yeah. feels to places in LA. Whereas South End, it is like one town, it's like one mindset almost. Um, so I know what you see, I know what you mean about like kind of feeling that like it's am I am I ever gonna get out of here? But because that's the thing, like I love going back and I love going back to South End, West Coast and all that, like all the places where I used to grow up. But I just, it was weird because like I remember when um, I was 16, I got my first job in Sainsbury's and some of my friends were at Debenhams. Then they all moved to Sainsbury's and then we all moved somewhere else together because we were like a little pack. And then we all moved to the Royal Bank of Scotland. And it's just, it just felt like so incestuous at some points, you know? Well, that's even more so than this. Uh, how much of a coincidence is it? You just said two jobs that I've worked before. Oh, where did you work? I worked at Debenhams and Royal Bank of Scotland. It's mental. It's fucking nuts. So you look at that, you're talking yeah. about Southend and we're all doing the same jobs. We used exactly. to literally work the same jobs. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the Royal Bank of Scotland, I used to make bank there. And then I pissed off to university and I was just like, I just acted like I was still rich. And then I'm like, Making... wait, I, I literally don't have any money. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, Royal Bank of Scotland, I used to make so much money there. I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't. I was there, I, I think I was there for two months. I'd done my training. And after I'd enrolled in training and gone into actual working, I, I left straight away. Oh, so shit. they probably hated me. I, I, I remember, because it was all by four letters, wasn't it, in the top corner? Arbal. Yeah. I remember Arbal, R-B-A-L. That's one of the only ones I remember. And you, everything, you had to do it like via, you had to type four letters to get up the uh, the correct screen of whatever it was that a customer would want. And um, I remember, I started so bad this is. If it was this sort of thing that happens to me now, so it must be karma. But if someone would phone up and they'd have a problem with their credit card or something, and if it was something that I didn't know or I didn't understand and I, and I, I, I weren't sure and I didn't feel comfortable asking it, a supervisor would say, I used to just hang up. <laughs> Which is probably why I did my training for a couple of months. I went into the office, like the actual office, the call centre for a few days, and then I was like, "Fuck this! I can't keep hanging up on people. Let's just call it a day." Let's just call it a day. Just sorry, I know we're going on to sidetracks about Southend, but do you remember the three shells down on the seafront? Yeah, absolutely, still, yeah. Still there. The, uh, still um, there, yeah. The donuts. Yeah, I applied for a job there when I was fifteen, so just right out of um, secondary school, and they made me do. First of all, they told me how much I was going to get paid. I was going to get paid a pound an hour. And I was like, yeah. I was like, what? And then they made me do a mathematics test. And so when I was doing this maths test, I was just sitting there looking out the window, looking at the sea, because I was like, I didn't do it. And I was just waiting for them to tell me that my time was up. Because I was just like, why the fuck am I going to do a math test when I'm going to be paid a pound an hour 
and you're asking me to stay here until like one or two in the morning or whatever shitty fucking times it was. If you pull them together, that's a bit of a wild concoction, isn't it? I was like, are you fucking joking? So. Oh, so why are you doing a math test and they've got tills? Yeah. It was the dumbest thing. And I'm like, wait, we serve donuts or you guys serve donuts and fucking buckets and spades. What? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Still pissed about that. Yeah, 20, uh, 20 plus years ago. Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, unfair, unfair expectations, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, so I don't think I... Sorry, did I even ask you the question? Like, what piece of advice would you give someone? Did we answer oh, the question? You I did ask, like... and I don't think I said anything. I, I think like you we... are... You, <laughs> are halfway through the question, you started talking about South End and uh, being stuck <laughs> and feeling stuck. Sorry. But, um, no, that's all right. My, my, my only advice is, because I feel like, in some respects, obviously, I haven't sold a million copies of records or whatever. So, and I'm, I... Uh, monetary wise I haven't managed to monetize massively not that I haven't ever made anything but I'm not being able to make a living off of music as such so I might put myself down but in other aspects I guess it is a success because the fact that I actually do it the fact that I have my music that's available like worldwide you can go onto any streaming platform and listen to my music the fact that people like know who I am the fact that people know my lyrics the fact that complete strangers across the world have bought my music and my merchandise, whatever merchandise I've ever brought out, has always sold out, and it's complete strangers that buy it as well. I mean, that in itself, I guess, the fact that strangers have paid for my music and have listened to my music and contacted me, I guess that should uh, constitute for success in some shape or form. So yeah. I shouldn't be too hard on myself, um, and I am proud of my achievements. But what I, my advice, with all that being said, is I, it might sound silly, and I already said this like 10 minutes ago, but my advice is to just do it. Just do it. Over the yeah. years, I've met so many people that call themselves rappers or call themselves artists, but really they're sitting in a room smoking weed, talking about what they're going to do. Yeah. Like I know people, I know producers that make beats and they say, I'm going to use this beat for that project. And no, you can't have that because I'm using it for that. And then I've got this beat and uh, that one's for me. And then I'm going to give this beat to, I'm going to get Tupac on that beat. Eventually you'll be rapping on that one. So you can't use that one. And then this and that. And they don't actually do anything. They talk about it. And it's the same with people, like, I guess not just rap music, but anything. Everyone can talk a good game, but you've just got to do it. it. Yeah. You've just got to do it. Like, literally, if you've, got a, if you've got a fault in your head, write the fault. If you've got a word that rhymes, write the words that rhyme, and then you come back to it at a later date if you need to. I'll do it still. No, I always used to do it. Like I said about working in Debenhams, I remember Debenhams, I used to print receipts and write on the back of the blank receipt if I thought of something. Um, and I literally used to just write it because you never know when it's going to go on out of your brain. Um, and you also never know if you can cut it. might sound silly, but it might be one word. You can read one word. And Even, know exactly what you're, like, you were thinking of. Yeah, and like, that could also, like, your brain changes. And that sounds silly, but your, your mental capacity changes. Like, one morning you could think of something and be like, that goes so well with that but what else could I say? And yeah. then a few days later, you'll go back and look at it. You'd be like, oh my God, that, that, that and that, what I thought of a month ago, that goes hand in hand. What I'm saying is the same thing. That couldn't work. And before you know it, you've got the first verse of a song. Um, so yeah, my advice would be to keep 
just to, to just to, to just do it. Keep going, keep writing, put stuff out, release stuff. And it doesn't even have to be from a you never know who's going to hear it and who's going to phone you up and sign you and or anything. It can just be that you've actually created it, you know, and you can mm-hmm. look back and f- feel proud that you actually tried to do it. Yeah. I, I still feel proud, even though I beat myself up a lot. I have a back catalogue, yeah. which you I'm proud yeah. of. Like, I, I, I've, got, I've got albums and EPs and singles and videos and music that's there forever you know and it might sound cliche or cringy saying it's there forever but it literally is like i've I've recorded songs 10 years ago they're still there to listen to now might not be millions of people listening to them but there's going to be someone every now and then i get a message on instagram or even an email every now and then or someone will contact me through Bandcamp or wherever saying oh i've just found your stuff or oh i love this song or a random comment will come up on youtube saying like i'll I've only just found out about this guy. Um, yeah. Even if I've, uh, even if I'm um, not doing a world tour, sold out world tour, it's still, uh, it's still, it's always amazing when people uh, listen to something and they can resonate with it. You know? Yeah, it's a win. Definitely. So that's my advice: is to just do it, regardless of anything. Do it and put it out. Oh, you I never know who's yeah. listening or watching or you never know. There's a, there's a million other people that have written, a, 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 attempted to write a song and didn't bother going to a studio to record it and didn't bother to release it. And when you do it and you release that song, them other people will be watching and thinking, I wish I had the balls or I wish I had the courage or I wish I had the work rate yeah. to do that. Well, I do think you need to stop being so hard on yourself because you've literally just validated everything you've done in like the space of two minutes you know what i mean that's true yeah well i didn't know yeah. you even intentionally do that either that was me trying to give advice to other people i think you but need to I, that darling that's it. should, <laughs> should uh, cut this whole interview in the mirror i look at myself <laughs> yeah because you're doing it and everything you've just said makes total sense and it's just like um, i've said it on the show before but uh, you know who peter k is the comedian yeah yeah of he, course he, he said the exact same thing he's just like um, he was talking about some comedy stuff and he was just like, write a monologue, like write whatever you're going to do, whatever it's going to be, and just get some friends together and fucking record it. And if it's shit, it's shit. But who gives a shit? Because you've done it. You know what I mean? It's exactly what I've done. That's a coincidence, isn't it? Because that's almost word for word. Obviously, it's a different uh, industry, but it's the same. It's literally the same. same um, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So I think, yeah. I think you just need to keep doing it and just not worry about numbers of stuff because people are listening and people will take notice and they are taking notice. See, that's the other thing as well about saying about numbers. When I first recorded, um, I put together like a full release. I don't know. When I did my first album, I think I might have been my brother with no. Like I said, my brother's memory is better than mine. But the first song I might recorded, I might have been like 16, 17 maybe. But in terms of a full release like album, I think I did like a a 19-song album when I was 18, I think. Mm -hmm. And I got it pressed up on CD, and I think I had, like, 200 CDs. And I was in the street, literally in the street, selling them in the street. And, like, I performed at a few clubs and a few local venues, and I took the CDs with me there to sell them. And every time I sold a CD, the feeling, the sense of achievement was insane. Like, it felt amazing. People are spending money on my music. Whether I knew them or not, 
people had spent money on my music and wanting to listen to my CD and going home and putting the CD in the player and actually listening to it. And to me, that feeling was like irreplaceable, like an accomplished feeling. Whereas now, nowadays, everyone sat in their house looking at a computer and not only are they being, not only are they being judged and are they being like mentally pulled apart by other people based on numbers, but they're also judging themselves on it. Forget about everyone else, they're also looking, and I'm as guilty as anyone. We're at home, we're looking at views on a video, we're looking at the amount of streams, the amount of likes on a post, the yeah. amount of shares, do you know what I mean? The amount of comments, that, that what's the feedback like? And it can, the, the, the art, as corny as it might sound, the art and the, the, create, the creativity behind it and the effort behind it, that can get tarnished or can get lost or get clouded over by looking at numbers of views and whatever. And it's so much less organic now. Like, now it's about who's listened, how many people have listened. But this is advice that obviously I need to heed myself as well. But it's really, it's about making it and doing it and just trying or not even just trying in terms of getting it to be heard, but just trying to trying to give yourself that feeling. As like I said to my mate, Ollie, Uzi, whatever um, you want to call him, Oliver, Whenever Cool Van disaster, um, that feeling of accomplishment when I first recorded the song, and even that's not mixed or anything yet. Mm-hmm. When I listen to the song and it's just raw vocals over a beat, and it's the first time that I've heard it myself. Because up until that moment, it's just in my head. It's just me writing it and envisioning yeah. what it's going to sound like. That feeling I have when I first hear it, that feeling of achievement, that sense of achievement after I've recorded a song or when I get it come back from my engineer and I've heard it mixed down for the first time and all the levels have been done and all the ad-libs and everything's, everything's like been touched up and it's all nicely in place. That's feeling of a sense of achievement or a video when the video's been edited and I see it all together for in, in its entirety for the first time. Then, then that feeling of accomplishment there and pride that you get there, that, as, as, as much as it might sound like bullshit, that's as... Uh, that's as good a feeling as anything that you can get from money mm-hmm. or acknowledgement. Because even if it ain't acknowledgement from someone else, it's that sense of pride in yourself. I'm rambling on a little bit here. You probably think, like, cool, leave it out, mate. You've been, uh, <laughs> you, you've been trying to give a motivational speech for 20 minutes and you ain't motivated <laughs> a single soul. But, no, I think, um, I think what, everything you're saying is completely on point. So, yeah, that's my my uh, advice. We're probably, I'm probably not even answering that question. Now. You, you asked me that question a couple of days ago, but, yeah, just <laughs> give it, just do it. Just do it, mate. Just do it. All right, yeah. Josh, well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Sorry uh, if we didn't stick to the uh, subject matter that much. But... Oh, no, it's fine. I went off a massive tangent as well. So. Still, though, it's, uh, like I said, if anybody listens to this and they do... Uh, they think that wanker sounds pretty interesting or let's see what he's got to talk about. <laughs> and I do think that my music, um, obviously not everybody likes hip-hop or whatever whatever genre. I don't even know. Kind of, I don't know what... Sh- it is obviously hip-hop music that I make, but it isn't like other people's... Um, it isn't like the cliche hip-hop sound, I don't think. But I feel like there's possibly something there for everybody. I think there is. I think there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very catchy as well. They get, do get stuck in your head. So, well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on as well. You're I will, welcome, um, welcome, welcome. I will send you all my links, please. And, do. Uh, yeah, hopefully, someone listens to it and has a little dance, <laughs> has a little cry. 
no, dance and cry at the same time. What else could you want? Oh my gosh, winning, winning. Exactly, up the hammers. Dear, dear, you're cracking me up. All right, darling, will you have a good rest of your day? You too, and I shall speak to you soon. All righty. All right. Have I'll a good one. Darling. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. And once again, thank you, Josh, for joining me on the show. I know that you were like, after you were just like, did I just ramble on, blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't. That was fantastic. That's exactly the type of stuff we're talking about. So, guys, go listen to him on Spotify. Download his music on iTunes and Bandcamp. Go follow him and check out all his stuff. Instagram, Bandcamp, Twitter versus Bang. Go do all that fun stuff. Go down the Josh Jarvis, a.k.a. versus Bang rabbit hole. You will not be disappointed. All right, until next time. Bye-bye. So sick of the sweet talk.